Welcome to the 245th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on August 12th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who is living life at 79 plus one, Carlos Rodella. Wait, 79 degrees? Plus one. Oh, so it's 80. I can do math. <laughs> uh, what is the, yeah. the, the constant temperature of your apartment? It is the constant temperature of my apartment right now in Seattle is 80 degrees. And the only uh, respite I get is from my portable air conditioner, which is total shit. But it does like give me cool air like just about two feet from it. <laughs> like pretty much on my face if it's right next to me. And I'm dying in here. But um, how are you doing? I am also really hot, actually. Uh, I'm in the basement right now, as, as uh, frequent listeners will know. It's hot down here. I guess I guess the, the myth is that basements are always cool and, you know, chill, good place to escape the heat. Yeah, bullshit. It's hot as fuck down here. I am dying down here. Uh, and there's no air conditioning down here at all. The only air conditioner we have is upstairs. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm also quite, quite warm. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. um, you know, let's not dwell on the heat because if we dwell on it, we will melt, but if we think about video games, we can escape. Let's do it. Let's jump right into it. You know, we usually have a bunch of bullshit at the beginning of the show. We're going to just, like, get into the housekeeping, get into the show, because we have a big, big show, and I think Carlos and I are both kind of concerned about heat stroke, honestly. So we're going to just get this knocked out and get out of here. Carlos, yeah. we're sharing a house, buddy. Uh, it's split down the middle with a giant roll of duct tape. Uh, my side, totally clean. I got nothing on my side, uh, but I see a few things on your side. What do you got for housekeeping this week, man? Well, I'm putting a bunch of stuff in the closet because of the heat. I'm going to be like, push it aside and we'll talk about it next week. Put it in storage. Deal with it later. Yeah. Uh, there's a few things that I'll just kick around. One, um, state of play, I guess, is is coming soon. Didn't we just have one? We did. And I think they were going to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn potentially because it's been pushed to me. They're going to show us some of it. Um, or did they already show us some of it? I honestly don't know because I haven't watched one for a while. I missed the last one. I don't know. Okay. I just saw going on Twitter today that like people were saying the announcement for the state of play is coming soon. But I was like, how is that even anything? Was that an announcement for an announcement? Yeah. Ah, get out of here with that. Yeah. So anyways, that's it. I don't know what that is. Uh, The other thing that was kind of annoying that on Twitter, uh, GTA 6 is trending, but it's because GTA Trilogy Remaster is coming out. Oh, I saw that today, yes. And everyone's like, fuck off. We want GTA 6. What's going on? I don't want to play the other games a millionth time over. I mean, they're probably just buying time, dude. I mean, GTA 5 is still making money hand over fist. Like, like inexplicably so. And then here's this thing, and they put this out. There's probably a lot of people who have never played those ones, at least the earlier ones. So, I mean, they're, they're going to jump on that. I mean, I it's just guess. sitting around collecting dust in the closet. Why not get a couple more bucks off it? As but long yeah, as it did. Yeah, as long as it didn't take them time off of the GTA 6, that's all I'm saying. I mean, they've probably got a small team, like, localizing it, and they got, like, everybody focused on GTA 6 for the next thing is what I'm guessing, so. Okay. Well, that's that. Uh, so, no real news of it. It's just uh, a trick, and the trilogy remaster's coming out. Again, if you're younger and you've never played them, I guess that's good for you. Uh, also, real quick, is Gamescom is the end of this month. And yes, it is. I guess I always forget about it, because in, like, the COVID era that we're in, um, you know, it, it wasn't uh, taking place last year, and I think it had a very, very little bit of online presence. But this year, is it in person? I honestly don't know. That's a really good question. And now that you've brought this up, you just reminded me that I'm actually going to be doing 
some of the Xbox presentation for Gamescom. So oh, you yeah. can look forward to seeing that. I have no information. It's all going to be NDA'd back and forth and upside down. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. Can't say nothing about nothing right now. Uh, but, yeah, I guess you'll see me there virtually. Uh, but I don't know whether there's going to be in-person or... Or uh, or just uh, just virtual. Who knows? Man? Well, I know now because I just did some research on the show, like we do, because we don't do it beforehand. Uh, it's <clears throat> going to be digital again and free of charge for everybody. Probably a good choice with all yep. the stuff going on in the world right now. Honestly. So there you go. That's the thing that's happening. But for, again, fun for people at home because it's again another distraction, and it is the end of this month, so it's pretty soon. So check that out. You'll see a bunch of new game trailers, I'm sure. And then I don't want to go through all of it because it's too hot. <laughs> which is going to be a reoccurring theme in this episode. But the Stop indie world's too hot. Stop talking. I know. The indie <laughs> world showcase happened, Nintendo's. Yeah. And I was going to go through all of it. We're not going to go through all of it. But I do want to mention that I am really excited about two games in particular. Uh, Eastbound. Is that right? Eastbound? Yeah, Eastbound Eastward. 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 Eastward, yes. Yeah. And I had played the demo or early access or something of it, like I feel like a year and a half ago or something, quite a while ago. And I love the aesthetic. It has kind of, I don't want to overuse Earthbound, but, you know, an Earthbound kind of vibe because it's little small sprites, um, real world type situations, you know, little town. And then it's got a little bit of fighting and action in it, but it's a lot of a lot more about like adventure and the story and, and just really beautiful. I don't know much about this one. I am curious about it, but I, okay, maybe this is totally wrong, but I think when this was first announced, somebody was kind of selling it as like, a 2D like Last of Us, not in the sense that they're zombies, but kind of like a like a, you know, a, a guy and a kid kind of teaming up to kind of get through some stuff. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that's what I remember people saying about it. There is a guy and a kid and you are like, yeah, like kind of looking after her, I would believe. I think it is an older guy and a younger girl, um, but they both have like different abilities. And I don't think is it's obviously not as dark, you know, uh, but it has like, you know, interesting fog aesthetics and stuff and. You're, you, I think you get separated at some point, so I can see that comparison, but okay. it just it just seems epic. What was I that? Agree. No, nothing. No. no I'm, oh I'm yeah. Wrapped so with I'm, attention, listening to your every word. <laughs> that is never true. I'm guessing that's <laughs> never true on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, the other one is Toem or Toem Toem. Uh, yeah, I think it's Toem, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And I think they're from Sweden, and they worked on this really cool black and white hand-drawn style uh, camera game. So basically you help people by taking pictures. There's lots of games that kind of use that mechanic. But it just looks quaint, really great music, and I'm really excited for that one. Yeah, that looks good. And again, we're not going to go through everything that was in Nintendo's indie, indie showcase here. But man, it was a really strong showcase. Like, I watched it with my family yesterday. And like, just about every single game, I'm like, oh, that looks pretty good. Oh, that looks pretty good. I'm going to get that one for sure. That looks good. Like, it was just like... A really strong showing. I know lately people have been talking about, oh, Nintendo's in trouble. Oh, they're the stockholders are worried. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, sure, because we're not in the middle of COVID. People aren't buying Switches because it's the only thing keeping them from fucking insanity because they're locked in their goddamn house because of the killer virus. Yeah, okay, like that that giant rate of sale could not go forever. Nintendo's still going strong, and this lineup, super strong. Like, I think there's something for everybody in this lineup. It was a great show. I think it's a great show. I'm going to be one little bit of a Debbie Downer. And because I wrote this down in my notes, so oh, I have to say geez. it. Here we even, go. Even after you said that, because you're right, and I did like a lot of the games, but almost all of them, even though, okay, this is not a first party discussion like last episode, but <laughs> even though all of them 
were really cool, and I definitely want to play most of them. I will probably play most of them on my console, on my TV, because almost all of these are timed exclusives. Yes, that's true. So that might be my secondary complaint with Nintendo, because we had talked about how I was frustrated with you know first-party titles not being to my liking. Sure, sure. So put that aside. Now, they have a great a ton of great third-party titles, but how many third-party titles are exclusive to the platform? I mean, and why does it matter, though? Why does it well, matter? Well, I'll tell you why it matters. I'm telling you from my, my use case, which is, I think, a ton of people, okay. that if, if you want a big screen real estate, again, sometimes people either bad vision or glasses or whatever, like... Um, you know, it's just a smaller screen is harder to see sometimes, sure. or you, you, don't, you don't even see like some of the hard work that goes into the graphics. So like Toem definitely and Eastward definitely, I want to see them in the biggest possible way. Um, I know I'm, you know, not everybody, but if it's a timed exclusive, then there's no reason for me to get it on the switch. But if it was an exclusive, you know, and it's an indie game that's really cool, like Eastward, uh, I would just get it on Nintendo. See what I'm saying? Like, there is a case there. I mean, I I hear you, and I'm like, mm, I mean, look at it this way. People who like to take their games on the go and want to, you know, are okay with a small screen, they just have so many options. Those options may exist on another platform. That's absolutely true, whether they're time exclusives or not. But the fact remains, tons of games. Like, there's tons of games. Like, there's no shortage to choose from. So even though, like, you know, Eastward may be on the Switch for the first six months, and then it's going to hit ps5 and xbox x or whatever i mean it's 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 just another choice right the library is big you have the option to go portable if you like and it's just it's just a choice right there like i mean if nothing else you can say the nintendo is not starved for offerings because jesus christ like literally every day there's like 10 new games dropping in the eShop. yeah so i mean if it's it, on some other platform that's no skin off my nose because i still get to play it on whatever platform i like and if i like it on the switch there it is it's all good. It's all good. Everybody, love for gamers everywhere. Okay, <laughs> love for gamers everywhere. I'm just saying, me personally, I you know, if if I'm gonna, if it's just a timed exclusive, there's no real reason for me specifically sure. to get. But that. I can also dock my Switch though, so I can look at a you big TV can. anytime that I want to. I know I need to get a new um, actual <clears throat> Switch, but I keep waiting for that Pro, which is not really going to happen because they made the other one. What is it? The OLED one, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, the swolled. The maybe, swolled one. Swolled. Maybe next year. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I'm very glad I went with the docked one because I, I actually do use it a pretty fair amount. So, uh, but I hear you though. I hear you. Let's. Uh, last thing is um, this is just kind of an interesting thing that I'm gonna go check out probably later tonight. And so anybody listening, if you're looking for a cyberpunk type game that's out right now, but also early access, which I know is not Brad Galloway. He doesn't want any. Not of me, that but I'm, li- I'm listening. Not me, but I'm listening. Uh, it's called Glitch Punk, and it's a cyberpunk that's aesthetic. Uh, pixel like like graphics, but also it looks just like GTA One, like the old school top like down top view. down view. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, we just played Ascent, and there were things that we liked about the twin six shooter in the cyberpunk world. So think that, but then with story segments, uh, you know, simpler graphics, and it's it's out in early access. So it's kind of like um, I'm gonna check it out. Glitch yeah, punk. it looks very cool. I just saw that uh, saw the trailer. It looks very nice. Just to, to tack on to that, today there was an announcement for a brand new game, which is also kind of cyberpunk. It's also top down, also a twin stick shooter. Uh, boy, these are just this is just the time for those right now. Everybody yeah. in developer land got together and were like, "Yep, that's what we're doing this year. We're doing these." So I like these, which is great. But this is called uh, Clid the Snail, C L I D, which is weird. 
because I feel like that's uncomfortably close to something that would probably be a not safe for work offering. I'm like, why did you guys name it that? Because I feel like that's a very awkward name. But basically, you're a snail uh, and you have all sorts of like abilities like on your shell, like you can stack up guns and carry stuff on your back and you're running around and shooting stuff. It looks pretty cool. It looks very nice. Great graphics, nice lighting, uh, cool top down action. So I'm going to check it out for sure. I'm just really scratching my head at that name. It's just, it's making the name. me a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, I'm looking at the pictures of it, and it's like in all, you know, huge letters, and I can only see the other word. I know. It's Clid the Snail, and I'm like, what? Clid also, the snail, huh? by the way, the, yeah. the snail is actually half humanoid, which is weird. Partial snail. It's kind of like misleading advertising there, because when I did read the title, I was expecting an actual snail snail, but no, it's like a mutant dude snail, which is kind of weird. I, I am very confused by that. Okay, there you go. There's some there offerings. Go. All right. That is the house. The house is kept for this week. Let us dive right into the show because we have a lot of stuff to cover. Carlos, we're going to be starting with you here. A uh, quick update on Death Trash. I think everybody in the world is kind of in love with this game right now, including me. I am salivating, chomping at the bit to get this on the Switch or the Xbox or something, some console. Uh, it's in early access right now. Uh, it's not complete, but it looks great. Everybody is just like throwing, just praise its way. Everybody's loving it. I'm very happy to see uh, the developer have such a positive reaction. And you are one of the devotees. You've been playing it. You jumped in. And I think you have a uh, quick report for us here. Yeah, my quick report is, uh, like everybody's saying, it is awesome. It's just what we played in the demo and just more of that. Uh, Love the story. Love the feel. Love the soundtrack. I think I mentioned that last episode. Yeah, yeah. Each uh, different kind of like area that you're in, it, it does change quite a bit. It feels creepy. It feels Blade Runner-y at times. Um, I played through the entire thing. I think there is probably seven, eight, ten hours or something. Like it can, it, you can probably end a lot of the main missions in five or so. But I just kept you know, going aroundabouts and uh, finding, you know, bad guys to kill, et cetera. And just to be clear, you, you, you went through everything, but the game's not finished. So you finished everything that was available now. Right. But the game yeah. is still undone, right? It still is undone. And there was a, a section, supposedly, one of my friends found that says, hey, come back later. Okay. Uh, but I didn't find that, which is interesting. So maybe I, I'm not finished. Um, but I did almost everything and basically explored the entire map that, that was available to me. And yeah, a couple of things like, I really love the combat. I, I, I basically ended up doing, as I always do, a melee. And my melee build, I found this claw, like a hand claw, like a Freddy Krueger yeah, kind of hand claw. Yeah. And I upgraded it, and there's this really cool ability to, like, find items that can add, like, plus one to, you know, sharpness or plus one to blunt damage. So I upgraded that all the way. And it's just, like, awesome to dodge, dodge roll, attack with a claw, dodge roll, attack with a claw. I just wipe fools away. It's awesome. So I feel very, very strong. Um, I think that w- another thing we never talked about, but there's a machine at some point. This isn't really spoilery, but there's a machine somewhere where you can start upgrading actual powers. And I don't know if you know that's in the game, but like you can actually have real, like, you know, like almost RPG powers. No, no. I know, I know basically nothing. What I saw was the first 30 minutes of the Xbox demo. And then I noped out because I loved it so much. I wanted to come to it as fresh as possible when it's finished. Right. And I'm not going to spoil anything. And this is just I kind of a more an allure for people who are like on the fence with it, because at at its face, it looks like you're just going to shoot guns and then do melee sometimes. But at some point, pretty early in the game, you find like this machine that basically like allows new offerings if you have certain things. 
and yeah, it's crazy how many different things there are. Uh, and w- what's really cool is, yeah, they they slash he spent such a good amount of time on pixel, almost pixel perfect, like collision detection and stuff where like when you dodge and you get hit, you just feel like it's your fault kind of thing. It's the best um, way to be. It is. I, I say the only thing is, and I agree with one of the reviews, is that the dodge could be a little bit quicker because on the way out of it, you kind of sometimes can get hit. But in general, I love it. I love the abilities. I won't go into them, but they're really cool. And then at some point, I was just kind of like done with most of the stuff. And I saw this huge, huge guy, like a monster type thing. And whenever you see a huge guy in a game, you think that you've got to kill it, right? I mean, well, of course, that's the natural way of things. Natural, yeah. And it, uh, it, to my credit, it was attacking me, like as soon as I walked by it, you know. So, you know, this again, there's no spoiler here. I just killed that thing at some point because I was so strong. And then later on online, I think they were mentioning like that might have been a good person. <laughs> uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, I don't want to be that person. I, I was just defending myself. Yeah, I think the developer said that anybody kills that thing is a hollow, empty human being. Right. So that's that's me. That then. would be you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I love the game. In short, uh, I can't wait for more of it. The only unfortunate thing that you're going to be like, ha ha, I told you. And... <laughs> That's your voice now. That's I a just, really good impression. In fact, I thought I was talking for me. I know, right? That was weird. My head just went for a trip. Oh, man. Hi, I'm Brad Galloway, and I <laughs> sound like this. I hear my I've voice, ne- but my mouth's not open. What's going on, Carlos? <laughs> I've never made that sound before or that like, character voice until just now. I really like it. It sounds like I'm Brad Galloway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I might bring that back. But, Don't talk like that or my wife. She's going to get confused, man. It's going to be real awkward. Hi, I'm Brad Galloway, and I think that Carlos should come over for some food soon because I want to cook for him. Um, so anyways, the only one thing is that um, the save game probably doesn't carry over. Oh, no. I know we were worried about it. Did yeah. the uh, developer make an announcement or something? Yeah, he replied to me, and he said, like, maybe it will. Like, they're working on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because when you change the game so much, uh, you know, save data, whatever, it might not line up, is what I'm guessing. Right. It's going to change a few things, kind of shift a few things. It might not yeah. be the same. Because they're adding, they're definitely adding like more attributes and things like that within yeah. the menu. So if my save game says, I've got like these four things and it's got eight things. It's so match up. Yep. It's going to be weird. It's, I'm kind of fine with it because, again, you're talking about a 25 hour game. And I went, say I went through five hours of it, right? And I would say I padded that with three hours. So could I play another five hours of the first part of an RPG? Yeah, of course I could. So I'm not worried about it. And I really had a great time with it. So, All right, right on. Well, I'm super excited. This is like, I mean, if it's not number one on my most wanted list, it's like number two. Like it's at the very top of my, oh my gosh, I'm really excited to play this game. So I'm, I could not be more excited. Cool. Well, we will check back on them at some point. We will. All right, moving on. Skydrift Infinity. It is a new uh, racing game where you choose from a variety of uh, souped-up airplanes and you fly through tracks, uh, picking up power-ups and doing boost and drift like you do in these kind of racing games. It is on Xbox. Is that where you're playing it, Carlos, on Xbox? I don't know. I think we got a code for this one. And we did get a code, for... and I'm, try- I'm struggling to remember where we got the code for. I think it's Xbox, maybe. I think Xbox. Okay. Anyway, as Carlos just said, we did get a code for this, so full disclosure, uh, for the purpose of talking about it on the show, which we are doing literally right now. Carlos, 
tell us your impressions of the airborne race game skydrift infinity yeah i really like this game and there's no reason like i'm not like in the market for a plane racing game and you're like we're gonna check this out and i'm like okay i guess and it really grew on me because at, at the heart of my gamer like love i do like racing games mm-hmm. you know and i grew up with mario kart and all that stuff and this is mario kart in the sky essentially with planes um i think the controls are good i felt really good that it had a brake a gas and you're in the air and you can do sharp turns and all the controls it gave me made me feel like you know going back to the death trash analogy like if if i crashed it was my fault right I felt really good about my maneuverability. Second other positive, if I crash, which you do, you, I didn't just lose the, the match. Right. There's so many racing games you're like, oh, you crash once, it's fucking over. Restart. But this one, I was like, oh, I, I'm behind a little bit, but I came back. And I remember I crashed once and I got second place or whatever. So I like that. Um, the other thing I like is, you know, the power-ups are like not anything to write home about their basic right, power kind of basic yeah missile the, uh, missile a floating mine a shield yeah. nothing too spectacular but the 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 uh, machine gun one is pretty fun because this is a plane game so for me i had a lot of fun with the the machine gun because you actually have to like you know right trigger and shoot right and it's not just like automatic and so you're like i was like aiming at planes and shooting them down and then shooting down <laughs> i killed manuel a lot NPCs, you know, and they're just randomly named. Yeah. So I, I like Manuel is was dead many times by my hand, um, and I don't know. It felt really fun to do that, and then later on they introduce other things. Like I don't know how far you play, but I played way longer than I thought I was going to. Like there's um the maps present different things. Like you're near fire, and so you, your plane can get on fire, or yeah. there's rings that make you go faster. I don't know. I kind of like loved it for a while. And then also, by the way, you also unlock planes and some of them are like based on video games. Like one was the Darksiders, uh, the Darksiders, Darksiders airplane. Yeah. I saw that one. Yeah. And I think there's more later on the road. So I unlocked a bunch of planes and I just kept playing it. Like I was like, what's going on? I, I'm really having fun. <laughs> you and, sound very puzzled, but kind of in a good way. Yeah, no, definitely in a good way. And like, I will go back to it. Like, I think for me, it's like uh, there's very few like flying racing games that I like, or there might be even very very few flying to, to racing games to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I like the controls. The only negative I'll say is that it has invisible walls. Oh yes, yes. It'll push you in if you like go too far. Either way, I'm almost like just let me fuck up, you know, and like let me go out to the ocean and crash or something. But like it really annoyed me because it pushed me in and then made me crash. Yeah, yeah. So I don't like that. That's my negative. But gotcha. Yeah, you got to really kind of follow the markers, like the track markers. If you get all fancy, like you're going to be like, I'm going to fly over this canyon and take a shortcut. Yeah, nah, there's like an invisible wall there, so you can't do that. So. But but to that point real quick, there are like multiple paths. It's just right. like they end at some point. Yeah, Yeah, you can't just crazy. It's not an open world sort of a thing. So. Right, right, right. Exactly. Well, you know, oddly enough, I'm right there with you. I played this and I'm like, huh. That's weird. This is pretty fun. And I like the way it controls and I'm having a good time. That's strange. What's going on? That's the I, box quote. This is something strange is happening. I'm having fun. I don't know why I'm having so much fun, but I'm actually having fun with this, which is weird. It's weirding me out. Yeah, this is actually a pretty good game. Controls are tight. Graphics are pretty good. 
I mean, the power-up's a little bit boring, but, you know, that's okay. Like, you, you look at them and you know what they are, so there's no confusion. They're just, they're functional. Yep. Um, but, I mean, the difficulty settings are good. I feel like easy was real easy, and I feel like medium was a pretty good challenge, and hard was like, fuck off, I'm not doing this. So, that's as it should be. I think that's perfect. And there's lots of, lots of content, lots of tracks. Uh, I did, like, this survival mode where, like, you're kind of, like, doing, like, a last man standing sort of thing. That was kind of mm-hmm. neat. Uh, and all the bonus planes you're going to unlock and skins. I mean, I mean, I don't know what to say, right? Because it's like a racing game that's that's pretty basic, but it does everything it's supposed to do really well. It looks great. It handles great. It It, it is what you think it is. Like, if I say a racing game in the sky, you've probably got a pretty good idea what that is. And there's, like, nothing wrong with it. And it's actually pretty fun. Yeah. And also, I think that one, one thing uh, that can't be said enough is the level design is pretty fun. It is pretty good. Because it creates moments of like, I was like, whoa, because you're in a plane and you have to like pull up real quick because of lava or you have to go through an ice cavern. And that right analog stick where you can like literally turn the plane sideways. Yeah, for like super sharp turns. Super yeah. sharp turns. It feels great when you do that right, come out of that spin, shoot another guy, you go right, go right past them, you know. And uh, yeah, and the turbo, there's a turbo button, and that works really well. Everything oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is fun about this game. Yeah, I mean, it's actually pretty clever, too, because if you get power-ups that you don't like, you can cannibalize those and turn them into extra boosts, so like you can go faster if you keep picking up bad power-ups, which I think is great, because otherwise you're just holding on to the power-ups and not using them, so they actually have a purpose. I mean, it feels like they really thought about this game carefully and turned out something that really checks all the boxes you would expect it to in the genre. I mean... You know, it's not like I woke up and felt like I was a better human being or anything. Like, it didn't, like, rock my world, but, I mean, it's pretty good. Like, it, it's it's like when you go to, you know, like, McDonald's or something or, like, like, a burger place where you're like, I'm ordering a hamburger, and it's just a burger, but it's perfectly cooked, and I'm really enjoying it, and it, it is what I want it to be, and that's it. You know, it is what it is, and it's real good, and that's fine. Like, that's totally okay. Nothing, not everything has to be filet mignon, right? So this is, like, a delicious burger. It just it does what it needs to do. Can, and it's good. Can I remix that analogy? Yeah, please do. Uh, to me, it's a little better than just a regular burger. I mean, to me... It's a very good burger. It's a very good burger, but also, in my opinion, it would be like a taco time meal. I love this taco time meal. It's like two <laughs> tacos with ground beef, lettuce, and cheese, and then tater tots, and then I get a side of the cinnamon crustos. Like, that meal right there is like like home. You know what I mean? Right. Me. Like, you're not going to get that in a three-star Michelin restaurant, but it's delicious, and you like it. And it is what it is, right? Like it's I mean, it's one of my favorite meals. So even I'd put that next to any sort of fancy restaurant. But oh, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Anyways, yeah, it's just fun. People go play it. I think maybe the name is a little nondescript. A little generic, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's really fun. I mean, so, this sounds like a double recommend from you and me, which is. almost never happened, dude. And I'm not deleting it. Like, I'm like straight up keeping it in my system and playing it and going back and like <laughs> whenever I want to play a racing game. Skydrift Infinity coming out of nowhere and actually putting a smile on both of our faces. How often does that happen? Flew out of nowhere. Check it out. Okay, moving on. I got a couple quickies here to talk about. Number one, Carlos, what is the publisher who steals our money and gives us bad experiences every single time, and yet we keep coming back to him like a junkie looking for a fix? What publisher is that, Carlos? Radalika. Radalika. Oh, Radalika. They got me again, bro. They got me again how did they get you from a trailer was it this time oh my god dude i just like i know i know for a fact i don't like their games but they always have cool ass trailers they always have games that appeal to me visually and i always think this is gonna be the one this This one has got to be the one yeah by the law of averages this next one has got to be good 
Ah, they got me again, dude. I think. They Hold got on, me before again. you talk about it, I yes. think we mentioned last time we both got burned, probably by the same game. Yes, it that was. you were going to look up the publisher, and if it said that, you weren't going to play it. I, I did. Thought, that's I what you did. said. It looked too good. It got me. I got suckered in oh, by the trailer. Oh, what is it? Me. What is it? The game is called Bone Marrow, uh, oh, and I'll tell you why it got me. So I was looking for something to play on the Switch. This game. I don't know who makes it or where it's from, other than it's published by Radalika. But basically, it's like it's like threes. Did you ever play threes on iPhone? Or yeah, whatever? yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So if anybody is familiar with threes, and I think there was like another knockoff game that was almost like threes, but it was like a different number. Um, so what happens is you're looking at a board, and there's blocks on the board, and each block has a number. And you tilt the board around, and you try to like get the blocks to touch each other. So like if there's a block that has a number three, if it touches another block that has a number three, they merge and they become number six. And then more blocks show up. And you keep like like tilting the board around, wanting all the different blocks to match up and get bigger and bigger numbers. Like it's a pretty basic formula. I think probably a lot of people have seen it. Like threes was like mad popular like a couple years ago, and it just became kind of a thing, right? So bone marrow is basically like threes, except that there are potions and swords and shields and monsters, and it kind of has like this little RPG flair to it. So I'm like, oh, okay, that seems neat. I I kind of want something small. Puzzly. I had a pretty good time with threes when that was hot. If I can like maybe put a little RPG, you know, sword and sorcery spin on it, maybe I'd be down with that, right? So I buy the game, knowing that it's from Radalika, knowing that they have screwed me so many times in the past. But I'm like, I'm got, I don't know. I just, I just feel it. I got to do it again. Ah, oh, idiot! Boy. Such an idiot. God. So like, I play, I start playing the game, and like, there's no tutorial like whatsoever. Doesn't explain the rules of it, and so I'm assuming it works just like threes, but it kind of doesn't, and I'm not exactly sure why it doesn't like sometimes I'll, I'll like knock the blocks together and i think they're going to match but they don't and sometimes i think they shouldn't and they do and i'm not really sure how and why there's like a little counter for a sword and a counter for an, a shield and then you meet like a little monster like every once in a while a little skeleton will show up and you're like oh if i knock my sword block into the skeleton block it's gonna be a fight and i'm gonna fight this guy but like i don't understand how it works it's like you think it's gonna be subtraction but it didn't quite work and i'm like i thought it was gonna kill this guy but I'm not doing any damage. I don't know why. And I just like started like, you know, moving the board around and like just after a while, I was like, I didn't even know what I was doing because like I couldn't make any heads or tails of it. And eventually I just like just deleted it because I'm like, this looks so cool in screenshots. It seems like a winning formula based on a game, which was awesome. And again, I don't like. So I just like I deleted it after like like an hour because I was like, fuck this game. I don't get it. It's making me frustrated. And and Radalika uh, was in my Twitter feed, and they're like, "Hey, here's Bone Marrow. It's so cool. Go buy it now." And I tweeted him back, and I'm like, "Yo, your game needs a friggin' tutorial." And like, they didn't, they did not respond to me. They don't so, respond. No, yeah. they don't respond. So, uh, so wait, but real quick, I'm looking at the description, and it says the 2048 traditional version proposes to combine numbers and pairs. Oh, is 2048, the one that copied threes, is that the other one? I guess so, because I don't know what 2048 is, but that's in the description about what the game is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, um, it seems like an established formula. It seems like you would know what's going on, but there's there's nuances there that are not explained, and they were really tripping me up. Yeah, but again, if you're like me or anybody else who never played 2048, I don't know what the fuck that does. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. Anyways, it's by Huge Pixel, and they make a lot of games that are, um, I that don't are know. That are not good. That are not good. Yeah. Yeah, I've so, played some of the other games. So, that you know, double I double-fucked myself. I just did. I, I got suckered in again. Something about Radalika. I just Jeez. I know it's gonna be bad every single time and yet I still can't 
take my eyes away from it. They, uh, okay. they got a killer marketing person over there. So that's Bone Marrow. Don't buy it. Don't recommend it. Next, A Monster's Expedition. Uh, this is a top-down puzzle game. Uh, it was a pretty pretty notable sensation maybe like last year on PC. I remember a lot of people loving this game. Uh, and it's just now on Switch, which is where I played it. Basically, it is a uh, you play a little monster guy, and you're in a series of islands, very small islands. And on each island, there's like a couple trees. What you do is you need to make a path from one island to the next island by pushing down a tree. It becomes like a log. And so you have to like flip it or roll it in such a way as to make it land in the water in the appropriate direction so that you make a bridge to the next island. So like, you know, like if you're, you got a log, right? So like if you flip it like long side up, it gets really narrow when it's standing on end and then it falls down and it's super long again because you're, you're flipping it that way. Or you can just roll it where the whole log is flat on the ground and it just moves over to the side. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Okay. Log physics. There you go. So like the whole game is just like that, right? Like pushing logs, rolling logs, flipping logs and making these little, um, connections between islands it's very cute um i think it's very clever it's great at teaching the rules of its play because you cannot progress until you master like whatever it is lesson they're teaching you so um you'll pick it up pretty quick i think they do a good job of that i think it's really good the only problem is like my brain doesn't do these puzzles like at all and i didn't realize that's all this game was so Mm. i don't think there's anything wrong with this game at all i think it's a good game i think it's very well done for what it is but just me personally, my brain does not process these puzzles and I get frustrated really quickly. So I think it's great. I think if you like these kind of like push the block puzzles that this is a really, really good one. Um, but for me, it just wasn't a good fit. Just me personally. So yep. no complaints, though. And the graphics are good. It looks like a simple, fun time oh, for cute. someone yeah, who gets that. Cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a Monsters Expedition. Unfortunately, it was not for me, not because it's bad, just because of me. And I bet a lot of people out there would probably really like it. So if you like puzzles, check that out. A Monsters Expedition Net on Switch. Last one I'm going to say real quickly. Mousebot Escape from Cat Labs. That's a cute title. You play a little mouse bot. Um, you ever see... You've seen Tom and Jerry, right? Cartoons. Been no, past. I've never heard of it. You've never, never heard of Tom and Jerry. Uh, there's a thing called Uggs Gunny. Is that Uggs Gunny? You're close. You're close. Back Bugs in the day, Bunny? way back in the day cartoon with a cat and a mouse tom and jerry and in some of those ones when i think they were in the late 60s early 70s they started doing a series of cartoons where they were in the future and they had a little mouse bot that looked exactly like the mouse bot that's in this game which is what it reminded me of so anybody who's super old out there as old as we are will be like oh yeah that mouse i remember that um so anyway that means nothing to anybody except for like the three people who are old enough to know that yeah but also i'm old enough to know and i don't know it which is weird (laughs) i don't know the future tom and jerry Uh, it, it was a pretty good series of cartoons anyway that is one million percent beside the point. This is you playing the mouse bot behind the back camera. He's on wheels and you're going forward through these little tracks. This feels very much like a mobile game, something you'd play on your phone. Uh, you start the level, the mouse rolls forward. You got to dodge traps, uh, whether they're mouse traps or like smashing hammers or flame or anything like that. You just like, you know, you know, drive back and forth, pick up cheese. It's on the track, uh, pick up little collectibles. You want to finish in an early amount of time. You're trying to get like three stars. Pretty familiar mobile formula. Uh, pretty straightforward. I mean, I think this would be a good game for like a kid or if you just want something that's real super simple where you don't got to think about it too much and you just want to move your hands a little bit. It's okay. I mean, I think it's fine. I think uh, if you're in the mood for one of these, it is exactly one of those and I think it does it pretty well. Um, so yeah, Mousebot Escape from Cat Labs. If you uh, want some mobile flavored action, I played it on the Xbox. Looks great. 
I think it's on all the other consoles as well. And it looks, uh, with the pictures I'm looking at, it looks kind of like a Mario Kart in a way too, right? A little bit. It's got that same kind of perspective of behind the cart, but you're yeah. only really moving forward like through the tracks. Like you're not really like driving around and around. It's just like dodging stuff left and right, kind of different lanes sort of a thing. Right, so, right. You know. Okay. All right, cool. Mousebot, Escape from Cat Labs. There it is. Carlos, back to you. You played Octopath Traveler a while ago, and I remember you didn't care for it that much, but I see it here on the script, the agenda. It's on our little list of things to discuss. You must have come back to it, sir. What is going on? Why did you resurrect Octopath Traveler? (laughs) The short answer is I ran out of money, and I was poor. And I was like, I need to play a video game right now. And I've beaten a lot of my games. And so I went and said, hey, look, Xbox Game Pass, that thing Brad Galloway always tells me about. He's always like, Carlos, I can't do the voice anymore. Uh, (laughs) I lost it. It's only one time only. Oh, my goodness. Lightning in the bottle, my friend. Carlos, are you? No, it's gone. It's It's fucking gone. I have to go back and listen to this podcast. Uh, yeah, so you were always telling me Game Pass. I know, Game Pass. So I was like, okay, well, there's Octopath Traveler. It's a full-on RPG. I don't have any money. I can play this game. So I went back to it because of that reason, which I'm sure a lot of people listening have done. You're like, I don't, I didn't get paid yet. I don't have any money. Oh, uh, dude, I mean, that's what backlogs are for is when you're broke, it's like something to fall back on in hard it's times, It's a man. beautiful thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I went back to it. And, you know, I definitely love the style. It's this really simple pixel-based uh, sprite-based RPG where they do this really interesting thing that can be cool but also annoying where they blur out depth of field around the edges of the screen and the middle of it is in focus. Yeah. Well, that looks cool sometimes. Sometimes it's just off-putting because you're moving your character into those blurry areas. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, well, I don't know if it needs to be that all the time. So while it looks fantastic sometimes, sometimes you're like, I don't know why you're doing that. But what I wanted to say about it is because I went much more into it now is in the very beginning, you can pick one of eight people and start their story, which is very similar to Saga Frontier, uh, the Saga games. And it reminded me of that in a lot of ways because, you know, whoever you pick, like there's a dancer, there's a thief, there's a warrior. Of course, I picked the warrior. Whoever you pick, that person's going to go try to find all the other companions, right? and use them in their mission. So each one has their own mission, and when you find another companion, they obviously have their whole story, but they will join you on your story, and you will help them, etc. cetera. Um, I don't know to the extent of how the games end, you know, because I haven't got that far, but I did pick up one person who was about to do, you know, her home quest, uh, the one I didn't start with, and she was a dancer. And when I met her, they give you the opportunity to play that game like to play her intro, right? Okay, okay. I think uh, my favorite, one of my favorite games, Trials of Mana, did that. And the Sega games, I think, do that. So it's pretty long, though. So I actually opted out of doing that because it's, you know, a pretty long mini campaign. So I think what's fun is if you want to really pick one character, you can pick the character, I pick the warrior. And then just when you meet these companions, they give you a quick overview of what happened. And then they just join your party. And just move forward from there. And just move forward from there. That's what I did. Um, So the other things I'm going to say about the game, you know, it's turn-based combat, which is fun. There's some interesting things where you can have um, boosts. So you boost your attack, and that's just interesting. You you build up boost over each turn, and that's interesting mechanic. Um, There's skills, et cetera, other magic abilities. 
And then there's different weaknesses. So enemies have different weaknesses to different weapons. So it is kind of annoying because you can't just get the best sword. Uh, like some enemies are weak to pole arms or whatever. So you have to have the best kind of, of each. Yeah. Um, and which other games do that? I'm Monster Hunter, kind of, in a way, right? It's weird because that is actually kind of a thing they take from real life because I, I don't know if you know this, but I actually have several weaknesses to weapon. I am very sensitive to sharp things, also very sensitive <laughs> to blunt things. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I got to really watch myself. I have a lot of a lot of uh, weaknesses to weapons. I'm weaknesses to heat, and it's the, hi- it's the highest one. It's like <laughs> my most weakness is heat. Um, no, no, yeah. Uh, well, uh, poverty, too. Poverty. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a bad one. one. That's a real bad one. Yeah, that's a bad one. Have, yeah. We could go on a tangent here, but it's too hot to do that. Um, so I really enjoyed the turn-based combat. I thought it was interesting that they... It was not just your run-of-the-mill. They definitely added a bunch of stuff in it. One really weird thing that I'm sure you don't know about, unless you played it, is that when you meet enemies in the world, they're all the same size as you, like, sprite-wise, Right. Okay. And this one bad guy who's like the leader of the bandits or something. And in the beginning, you're like, I should be able to take these guys. It's not that big of a deal. They're just little bandits. It's my first mission. When you go to the action screen where you're actually fighting, the combat screen, the enemies, almost all the enemies are bigger than you. Like your sprite stays the same, but every other monster or bad guy is bigger. So they're, oh, you know, I've seen pictures of that. And every time I see a picture, it looks like somebody's fighting a boss. It's weird because like this boss of the bandits was like two or three times my size, like took up almost all the screen. I was like, what aesthetic are you going for here? Like it's supposed to be like a visual reference to how, you know, badass the guy is or something. But it I, I lost it on me. Like I didn't like that feel uh, like this one point, which is, by the way, is a pretty heavy duty subject matter. The dancer who I met was dancing for this guy that basically owned her and he would make her dance. And, you know, it was kind of like a, a pimp in the way. Right. Yeah. I heard about that one. Yeah. And it's pretty dark. It's a pretty dark story. And so at some point we encounter him and we're like going to fuck him up. Of course he takes up the entire screen, which again is kind of a mental fuck with you kind of thing. It's like, Oh, can you really beat this person? Uh, and now that I'm talking about it, it is kind of cool. Cause it's kind of like telling you, in a visual representation, how much this enemy, you know, maybe is intimidating you. I mean, are they always appropriately tough or are they or are you beating them like normal, like like maybe like the normal level of challenge, but they're just visually impressive or are no, they all like badasses? Yeah, they're all badasses, too. No. <laughs> um, but all by the way, and the other kind of negative is even regular, like I meet a skeleton in the woods or something, right? Sure. They don't take like two hits or three they almost always take like seven or eight and that just seems too much you know there's no difficulty level as i'm aware of and it just seems like the regular enemies are too much to to deal with so it's it's a lot i just think the damage is too much like bullet spongy you want to call it whatever and then last thing i'll say that i don't like also is that they don't show the health meter for the bad guys Oh, they don't? That sucks. Yeah. That sucks. I don't even know, again, what the purpose is there. How is that supposed to make me be better at the game? Uh, they show the damage numbers. But, but that's I don't... like a gauge, right? That's how you know if, if yeah. you're supposed to be fighting that guy. Because if you're hitting him and there's no life meter, it's like, am I chipping him away for one pixel or am I taking a big chunk off? Am I supposed to fight this guy? Like, that's how a player knows if they're fighting the appropriate guy or not. You need that information. I agree. So it's like one step forward, one step back in this game. Mm. where I go like, oh, man, that graphic around the mountains look really cool in the flame, how they're doing the graphics. And then 
I really like this story because it got way more serious than I thought, and I'm kind of invested now in this character. And then like a, a turn-based combat thing will bother me, you know, or like you said, something will be missing, or I've got to use a pole arm instead of a sword, and I just bought the new sword. So it's like it really is one step forward, one step back with this game. Mm. Um, I think I might not finish now, but I don't know. I mean, because, you know, when you when you don't have not many games <laughs> and you don't have any money, it sounds like a great RPG. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, though, you got Game Pass. So you got like you got choices. There's other stuff there for sure. I got choices and I'm going to jump in probably something else. And we have a couple other games coming down for preview soon. So anyways, that I just wanted to give it another fair shake. Um, not just because of the, you know, having that many uh, games available, but I just think it's got problems. I yeah, think people who have yeah. said that online are right. Now that I've played it long enough, it, it wants to do so many things, and it just, I don't know. All right. Well, that is Octopath Traveler. Not exactly a ringing endorsement. Maybe a reason why you bounced off in the first place. So yeah. I, I, we'll see how it goes. I bet you're probably going to move on to something else. I bet you can find something more more enjoyable to play probably. Okay. All right, moving on. I have a game called Fort Triumph to talk about. This was on PC. I believe it was also a Kickstarter success story. It is now on Xbox X and probably all the other X families. I don't know about PlayStation, and I'm pretty sure it's on Switch as well. This is a top-down turn-based tactics game, uh, you know, similar to something like your XCOM or something like that, uh, where it's got a, a fantasy theme. You start off with a couple of characters like a, uh, like a I don't know, like a knight and an archer and a magic user lady, and then you can add one more person to your party. At the beginning, I think I picked up a barbarian. And you kind of go through these maps with turn-based tactical action where, you know, you can move a little bit, and then you take one action, and then, like, your turn's over. So a pretty pretty standard stuff um, for that. But I think the thing that kind of um, makes it interesting is that there's kind of an overworld to it. So as you uh, finish these turn-based battles, which play out basically like you think they would. I mean, there's, there's nothing super uh, surprising about them. Uh, you go to the overworld and then you have like a home base where you have uh, like different facilities. Like there's like a town hall. There's like a training training hall. There's like all these other things that give you like bonuses and stats. So you can like earn resources and increase those houses to like increase the power of your warriors. So like, and it's weird too, because they're all kind of treated as like a unit. So let's say for example, you build a house back at your base it's the the weapon house and so all your weapons get plus one like you don't buy any weapons like it's like all your guys just have the weapons and then they yeah. all get a plus one yeah so, but you're, you're describing the, the things that i like about heroes of might magic and king's so, bounty okay interesting because i've never played heroes of might magic but a lot of people said this was inspired by heroes of might and magic so mm. maybe this is something that you should look into can you um, tell me the name of this game again and I've called, told, <laughs> yeah I've, it's called fort triumph okay so you might want to, there's a couple here that I think you might want to look into. So this one, um, so I think it's okay. Um, there's a little bit of a generic feel because as you're adding units, like not every unit is its own individual person. Like you only have, I think, three people with distinct personalities and the rest of them are just like units that are added to your army, which to me personally is kind of a bummer. Um, but, you know, I mean, I guess some people are fine with that. It plays out really fine. It's okay. Uh, there's some I don't want to call it physics, but as you're in the, the turn-based battles, I think the game's big hook is that you can knock over things in the environment. So let's say, for example, there's an elf who's hiding behind a tree. You can use your magic user lady to blow a gust of wind, hit the tree, but not the elf. It like knocks the tree over, and then it squishes the elf when it lands on him. Mm. So cover is kind of treated differently. Like Cover is cover, but it's also dangerous because if one of those enemies like uses that environmental effect against you, 
you'll get squished under the rock that you're hiding behind, or you'll get squished by the tree you're hiding behind. Or you can set up these little chain effects where if you hit one bad guy and he gets knocked back a square, he hits the guy who's in back of him and he gets knocked back a square, and they both like conk their noggins and they're stunned for a turn. So you can do like these kind of like neat little chains. I think that's pretty good. Um, the thing that kind of turned me off of this game, though, and I think probably the biggest reason why I stopped playing it, was when you're in the overworld, after a while, you'll see, I don't even know how to even describe it, like, like quote-unquote, like, other players showing up, but they're all AI. They're not real people. This is a one-player game. So, like, when you're on the overworld, you're walking around, there's resources you can collect, like, you know, wood, and there's, like, little gold over here, and there's magic, and there's a chest. Like, you're just walking around, and, and when it was just me walking around in the overworld between battles, I'm like, oh, this is pretty neat. Like, I'm just kind of going at my own pace and collecting things. This is pretty calming, and I feel like I'm accomplishing something. This is a good feeling. But then out of nowhere, like, other player shows up. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? What is going on? What's happening? Mm -hmm. And so this other AI player is on the other end of the map, and they start hoovering up all the resources that I was on my way to go get. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Back up. Hoovering? Hoovering. Yeah, That's sucking a it thing? up like a vacuum. It certainly is. Man. Oh, like a vacuum. Sorry, I had to Yeah, stop. yeah. Hoovering up all that stuff. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. This is this is shit that's not coming back. You can't steal my resources. You're just like some AI dude. So uh, I was very confused by that. Like, there's no tutorial about that at all. It just it just happened. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I go over there, kill that AI person. It's like a little battle goes down. And it's like a hero character, like an evil hero or whatever. Kill him. But you don't get the stuff that they took. You just kill them and that's it. I'm like, well, okay. I killed that guy. No worries. I start going back to collect more stuff in the overworld. And then another guy shows up. Oh, so no. it's like... It's like, hold up, hold up. The AI has infinite numbers of these enemy characters. They can spawn anywhere on the map. They're stealing all the resources that I was about to collect, and I can't stop them. And I don't get those resources back when I kill them. This feels unfair, and it's a bad feeling to me. Like, I do not like this feeling of, like, there's nothing I can do to stop this. Can you change it in the settings? I don't think so. I don't believe so. I mean, if you can't, that's fucked. Because I know these games, and like you said, especially with resources... Like, it's all about you planning, you know, moves ahead to right. get to said resources to take out other enemies. And if some other Yahoo, and I'll, I'll say Yahoo. Oh, right? you said it. You said I it. I said it. Although, it may, nowadays, you can't say anything. Maybe I'm going to get canceled for saying Yahoo. We'll see what the, we'll see what the listener feedback we'll is like. We'll see what that. the listener feedback By the way, I'm only referring to uh, video game characters when I use terms. Oh, please. Yeah. Uh, please, yeah. Yes. But anyways, yeah, that seems crappy, man. Yeah, it was a bad feeling, dude. So I killed that first other enemy, and then I'm like, okay, one's no big deal. That's fine. He stole some good shit, but I, there's still plenty for me to get. But then, like, another one came, and I killed him, and another one came, and I uh, killed him. And it's like, okay, this is this is fucked, because I don't think there's going to be an end of these guys, and I can't compete with the AI just showing up and ganking myself. Like, I just... Wait, why, wait. I, why are they even doing this? Okay, I might have a, a, a response to this, because okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm looking at the page. I, I can't see the answer to that, but... Here's a might magic. If they're okay. re referencing that, you can there. There was always never just you on the map, but there was a limited amount of other people. So it might be that you killed two, and there's only two more left, or something. Mm, but it, okay. and here's a might magic. You got to pick that. So in the beginning, you'd be like, "How many other people do you need? Do you want on the map?" You know, and if you were like just kind of testing out your build and stuff like that, I got really nerdy for this game. Uh, here's my magic. You could just pick up one other player, right? NPC or AI. And then you know that you can kind of fuck around with the map and then you have to kill one buddy person. I'm just wondering if that's it. I mean, it's very possible, dude, because I don't have any familiarity with the, the thing that inspired this game, right? Like I'm coming yeah. to it brand new. So I don't know these systems. I don't know how this works. But to me, 
I'm like, yuck, this is a very bad feeling. I don't like the way that this feels. And maybe there is some settings. Maybe I missed that. But they didn't tutorialize that part very well. Maybe they just are expecting that people coming to Fort Trump already have that knowledge. I did not have that knowledge. So I'm like, what is even happening? I don't get it. Right. Um, so maybe check it out. Maybe you check it out. Maybe this is going to be something that's very familiar to you. And maybe it's right up your alley. Um, but I think it's overall, it's okay. I mean, graphics are fine. The combat, you know, turn-based combat, like XCOM style was fine. The physics thing with knocking over the trees and the rocks is fine. Um, I mean, I think it was all pretty good. I just got really turned off by the people stealing my resources and it felt like really defeating. So I am not in video games to feel defeated. I get enough yeah. of that during life. I don't need that in my <laughs> video games. So. Also, the color, colorful graphics I thought you might have a problem with. They're very World of Warcraft. Uh, yeah, they're okay. I mean, I didn't love them, but I didn't hate them either. They're they're fine. They're okay. okay. So anyway, that is Fort Triumph. Um, you should probably check it out. This may be like your thing. So maybe check it out and report back. Okay. All right. Moving on. A couple more games here. Oh, also, before I forget, we are going to have a bonus uh, episode with my son at the end of the show. He is currently paying, playing Paint the Town Red, which is a super hyper violent kind of voxel based game that he's really into. So uh, I don't know anything about that. So I, I'm calling in my pinch hitter, calling in my expert, my 12 year old son. He is going to school us all on Paint the Town Red at the end of the show. Uh, but before that, we've got two more games to get to here. Carlos, you're playing Foreclosed. Uh, this is a brand new behind the back kind of second person viewpoint cyberpunk ish shooter slash stealth game slash comic book presentation game just came out pretty recently right like this week or last week yeah like really All recently. Right. and you said you'd played an early build of it or something i have played exactly 23 minutes of it the uh publisher of this game sent me a code i think because i don't think i paid for it but we'll talk about that in a second tell us really quickly or i mean it doesn't have to be quick. You can tell us long if you want to about foreclosed. Tell us about foreclosed. It's gonna probably be quick because I'm starting to melt in my apartment. Um, oh no! It's He's a it's a narrative third person adventure game, like you said. It has comic book uh, style presentation, which basically means like a lot of different frames on the screen will show up, and your character will actually go through uh, like a like a doorway and then appear in another frame on the screen, like a comic book. So yes. that presentation is cool as shit. Like, I really like how they did that. And also your perspective changes a bunch. So if you go into a tunnel, it's first person. Um, and you can actually, you know, do first person stuff. There's some stuff like watchdogs where you actually control cameras. So then you're like actually first person in a camera. And the whole idea of the story and why I picked it up is because it's cyberpunk-esque, you know, a, a futuristic world. And you start by waking up and finding out that basically you're screwed all your money's gone. The company you work for is bankrupt. And you, again, scarily or eerily close to how reality, our reality gets, where like, you know, if someone says like, you're shut off, that that character, the character you play has no access to anything. Like his funds, anything. His gun. Yeah, kind of that dystopian, like they own your identity. They yes. own everything about you. And if your employer goes out, then you're you have like no resources whatsoever. Right. Which is why it would draw me in, you know, just like your rat like a game. There's something that draws you in. Um, and that was the kind of the, the appeal to me is that like, yeah, it's third person. And I knew it wasn't going to be like a really heavy physics based or, you know, super action game. But there was shooting in it. I saw in the trailer and there's stealth. So, yeah, you start as a character who has, you know, got himself screwed and he's trying to figure out what happened. And you are talking to someone who's kind of helping you escape and kind of find out more details. 
But the whole thing, by the way, is cell shaded. So it's a kind of a cell shaded look. Looks very similar to Sable, the game that I like. Yeah, kind of, kind of does. So yeah, I guess I have a problem with the game. I, I got it on sale. Um, was way more excited than you know, kind of like in your red like a thing, than what I got from the game because some of the stories are really interesting. The little puzzles are really simple, so it's not like complicated puzzles. Uh, again, the presentation's really cool of the different comic book frames. A butt is coming. Oh, I uh, I, I, I feel and that you already butt know coming. the butt because oh, yeah, you play twenty three minutes. It's the shooting. It's it's the shooting has got problems because, you know, if it was just a few different moments you're doing shooting, because this game really feels like it should just be almost all narrative. Yeah. And I kind of weirdly enough came to it for that. Like I was like, I just want to hear this interesting story of dystopia. But really early on, after you do some kind of basic, uh, you know, stealth stuff, you're shooting with a gun and it's not good. Like the aiming's bad. <laughs> And, and and there's an aiming slider, and you always know that it's trouble when, like, you're adjusting the aiming slider too much or too little. Yes. And I, I couldn't get it right, and I put it on auto-aim, like, 10, and it didn't do dick all. Like, it didn't really, really auto-target hardly at all. And the other problem is that when you're fighting enemies, which in the very beginning, it's way too many. Like, it's so many. It's a lot. It's that they don't die easily, and they just look like regular people in suits. And you have to really headshot them, or if you don't headshot them, then it's like takes way too long to kill them, like many shots to the chest. And so, uh, yeah, the shooting feels really bad, and I felt like I was dying, and the checkpoint system wasn't very good. Uh, You're going to say all these same things. Oh, yeah, dude. I I was actually also very excited for this as well because I am still hankering for a cyberpunk game. We've gone through several this year. There's been many to choose from uh, this year. There's a whole rash of them. And I saw the trailer for this and I thought it looked cool. And the thing that really got me was number one, the art style I think looks pretty cool in, in trailers and screenshots. But on top of that, there's like a little system, like a skill system where you're kind of seeing like an X-ray view of your character. Kind of like you can see the wires that are running through his hand and the gun that he's got and like his neck or something. Oh yeah. Like and the it, implants and stuff. Yeah. It's like the implants. You can kind of see it superimposed on your character and you can like move the skills around. I'm like, Oh, that looks amazing. It kind of reminded me a little bit of um, like dead space. How some of that stuff was just like on your character, like part of the character. So I'm yeah. like, Oh, maybe that's what this is going to be like integration. Like just the visual style, like in screenshots, it looks really cool. Uh, but man, this game is bad. It's so bad. I mean, Number one, the story does not feel like it was written or performed by people who knew English very well. There's a lot of really weird word choices. Intonation is weird. The way that they're saying things in general, like the general tone of what they're saying is weird. I just like, what? Oh, my God. Will you guys please hire an English speaker to just clean this up a little bit? I'll do it for you real let me, cheap. Let me, like, put an a, let me put an asterisk next to that because they might have fixed it because I just played the in the most current version and I didn't okay. really feel that. So Ooh, I mean, maybe they fixed it. I I think I played it maybe like two days before it hit release, and it was like, oh my god, what is this script? What is the what are these people? Uh, okay. That part was not good. So I don't know. I can't say if that was the final version, but that's what I saw. Not good. But beyond that, the controls are so fucked. They are so fucked. Like I, you know, like you said, you the stealth is not good. I do not enjoy the stealth. Uh, I got caught a bunch of times, and it was really hard to tell who could see me, and it just it was not very good. And as we all know, bad stealth is real bad. But when you get to the gunplay, the gunplay is busted. It is so busted. 
like you, I put it on aim assist out of 10. I put it on 10 and for uh, speed of camera as you're moving things around out of 10, I put it on one. I wanted it to be the slowest possible camera because I'd be, I'd go into a room. I would see a guy who was like, maybe like two feet above me on a ramp. I would aim my gun towards his head and I would be looking at the ceiling. I'm like, fuck. Okay. I can't see the ceiling. Try to course correct and try to aim for the guy. I'm looking at the fucking floor. And I'm like, this is terrible. Like I am not the world's best shooter player. I will grant you that, but I can play fucking games. Okay. Like I can, I can shoot a gun in a video game and this game's controls are broken. I was just going back and forth between ceiling, floor, ceiling, floor, ceiling, floor. And I finally got the camera in the middle and I'm trying to shoot the guy. And it's like way too far left, too far to the right, too far left, too far to the right. I'm like, okay, this is broken and wrong and bad. And I can't even shoot these like stupid, like goon enemies that are like your number one basic trash mob. Yeah. Like this is a problem. And I, I was a uh, dude. I'm not kidding. I was literally getting nauseous because of how bad the camera was whipping back and forth. Wait a minute. So like, what platform oh, were you playing it on though? I'm playing on the Xbox, Xbox X. Wow, that's interesting. Again, I just played it on the PlayStation 5. There was a PlayStation 5 version. Okay. And again, I don't know if they did an update or something, but like 5 or 6 was too fast. You're right. Like, it's still wrong. But I wasn't. it wasn't as extreme as what you're saying for oh, me. Oh, God. Even on 1, the slowest possible speed, I was like whipping all the way around. It was terrible. Hmm. Like, literally nauseous. I got sick, and I actually emailed the PR guy, and I'm like, dude, have you actually played this game? Because this game is nowhere near ready for prime time. This needs a lot of work. Like it is not tuned. I can't even play this. So it was a very horrible experience. I do not recommend this game to anybody for any reason whatsoever. Yeah, I guess I can't recommend it either. I just, I I don't have as many problems with it as you do. And I kind of was almost into it because they did have a dodge roll and the dodge roll worked. I mean, it worked and it got me out of a situation and then you could use it, but there's no cover. So like there's cover, but there's no like cover mechanic. Yeah. So you just go underneath something, and it's it's just clunky as shit. So I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah, and it's clunky. My my thing is though, I was surviving fine. It's it's just the fact that the enemies were uh, bullet spongy for like you said early enemies to be that bullet spongy. Unless you if you hit him in the head, it's one shot. Good so, luck hitting that head. Good luck fucking exactly yeah. exactly. So that's why that is definitely the crux of the problem for me. But yeah, that's a want want. Yeah, it's a it's bad. I haven't played something this like undercooked in quite a while. This does not in by any means feel like it's ready to go. I don't know why they put it out to market right now. Uh, it is it is not good. And looking at Metacritic, I can see other people agree with us that it is not good. So that All is right. foreclosed. Do not recommend um, last game of this show. Quick shout out to Pathfinder Kingmaker. Um, oh, this yeah. is have you played this? Yeah, a long time ago, and I have small thoughts, quick thoughts. Okay, okay. Uh, This is kind of a uh, top-down, squad-based RPG. Uh, It's very similar to something like uh, Divinity Original Sin, something like that, if people are familiar with that one. Uh, I played it because I was looking around at what people were playing. I wanted some recommendations. I I didn't have anything that was clicking with me, and one of my uh, friends on Twitter said they were playing the sequel, uh, I forget what it's called. It's Pathfinder something, something like Godmaker or whatever it is, uh, Path of Glory or something. And that's coming out real soon, like I think like next month. So we're already like this game has already been out long enough for there to be a complete sequel. So I'm coming to it, uh, you know, as an older game or at least, uh, you know, not brand new game. Uh, so I jumped into it and checked it out. It's actually pretty good. The storytelling is pretty good. 
pretty good creative character options. I don't know anything about Pathfinder, the board game or the tabletop game. Apparently, it's really popular with people who like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I've never played it before. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't realize it was like kind of a D and D. I don't know, offshoot or competitor or something like that. Uh, but uh, you you put together a party. Uh, there's a pretty good opening scene where they kind of like explain the systems and they explain the world and explain what you're doing and it all comes together really well. I uh, felt like it got off to a good start. Put together my party of people who I like. They all have uh, a lot of voice acting, different character classes, and they're kind of like just talking amongst each other. I really kind of dig that thing, kind of have like a little bit of a Dragon Age feel to it. So that was pretty good. Uh, going through into the world, you have a mission. You got to, uh, I don't know, like find out what's going down. Whatever. Story is like, I'm not going to get into the story now because it's a huge story. This game feels like it's a thousand hours long and I just played it for like a day. Yeah. So I barely even, I barely even finished like the first quest, right? Because all these quests are huge and it's a big deal, but I really like what it's doing. I, I think it's coming together really well. You can play it in either turn-based or real-time modes. I started out with turn-based and I do like the turn-based, uh, but it's there's a lot of battles and the battles can take a little bit of a, a you know a little bit of while. So that was kind of going a little bit slow and I wanted to speed it up a little bit. So I went over to real time, where in that mode the computer controls all of your allies, although you can't control them. Like you can take control of them if you want to, uh, but otherwise if you don't want to, they auto run themselves and you just control your main character and you kind of like click on people for like Diablo style combat. And that worked really well, you know, too. I mean that was satisfying in its own way, although I do think it prefer the turn based. Uh, but there's a lot of battles. Areas are really large. Uh, quests take a really long time. So I do feel like the pace was a little bit slow, at least in the beginning when I kind of was still learning the systems and I wanted to kind of just get a good feel for things right off the bat. You know, like when you're starting a game, you don't want to just get dropped in the deep end. I mean, you want you want to feel, a, you know, like you're learning it, like you're feeling some victory, like you got a couple good wins on your belt. And then and then things can get bigger. You can take on bigger quests or like larger challenges or whatever. I feel like this drops you into the deep end a little bit, um, but not in a terrible way, but just where you know, be prepared for the first quest to take you like six hours or something. Like you're not yeah. just going to like, you're not going to bang them out one, two, three. Like they're pretty big as far as quests go. So, I mean, overall, I really like it. I do have one downside that I will talk about in a second, but I want to hear your thoughts, Carlos. You said you played this before? Yeah. And in general, the, the board game is kind of like a card game. So it's a card board game, which a lot of um, ones that are really fun to me are a mixture of. Okay. Um, by the way, I should come over at some point. We should do a board game, like an RPG board game. Sure. Um, uh, a friend of mine, a uh, friend of the show, I guess I'll say, but um, Dan Chu um, uh, has a whole show called Going Analog where they review board games. Everybody should check it out, by the way. It's really cool. Him and his wife run it, um, Going Analog. But yeah, I, I was uh, in San Francisco. I was kind of introduced to these board games. And they just like similar to the uh, PC slash, where are you playing this on? Uh, Xbox, 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 yeah, console version. It, the, you know, the board games can be laboriously long. You know, like you're just setting stuff up for hours, yeah, or like, yeah. yeah. And so this game almost feels like an extension of that, and it also feels like, like you said, Divinity: Original Sin, Baldur's Gate, Pillars of Eternity, yes, all these yes, types yes. of games, all that, all that stuff. Yes. And I guess what happened is not so much the board games because I think if anything, I want to do more of those, but the this style of game. I grew up with, and when I went to play this, and including Pillars, and including Divinity, weirdly enough, um, I think I did like Divinity the most out of all of them, but mm -hmm. I'm just a little tired of it. Like like you said, everything takes a long time, yes. and you're not very strong, even if it's not like a JRPG or even an RPG where you can level up your sword quickly. You're just like sucking for a long time, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> like, and that's that's there's a feel to that, and there's like a role play to that. But for me, I don't know. I just grew up with those games, and I just every time I think I can go back to them, I can't. I mean, you're not wrong, dude. You're not wrong. And that's one of the things that I noticed, and that kind of lends that slow pace feel to it. Because, you know, I played it for probably six or eight hours, and in that time, I think I got, like, one new sword from my main character, which I guess makes sense if this game is, like, 100 hours long, right? Like, it's not it's not a Diablo loot game by any stretch of the No, no, no. Like, it's like, you find, like, a sword, and you use that sword for, like, four hours, and maybe you'll find a sword that has, like, a plus one. And you're like, oh, shit, plus one. I mean, but it's not, like... Oh my god, this is so much better. It's just like it's like yeah. a plus one, right? Like so you're slightly better. Um, so that's it's got that that definite like tabletop D and D feel where maybe you're going to have a character that you're going to be working on for six months or a year. You know your your gains are going to be slow. You got to really role play that character. You got to think about what you're doing very carefully. So it's in that way, I think it's good. But I will say also that was kind of what I didn't like about it. Um, not necessarily that it was slow. Like I feel like it was okay, and I feel like the characters were okay, the quests were okay. Like it was keeping me in. But the thing that I didn't like is that it, I mean, again, I'm not familiar with Pathfinder itself, the board game, but I feel like a lot of the choices they made are are adhering to that system. And to me, I don't give a shit about that system, and I kind of didn't want it to be there. And what I mean by that is, for example, my main character well, uh, was like a paladin, and she had like a, a power that was like, I don't know, sword flourish or something, where it's like you whip out your sword and show off with it, and it scares the enemies in your area. And I'm like, okay, well, that's seems i guess okay like what is going to happen they're getting stunned or something and, it, and then it goes into like this DD format where it's like draw your sword at the beginning of your turn and you get plus one saving roll die to this three actions per turn and if this guy right. is like above level three then it's like a negative two and i'm like oh my god what the f- what what is this good i don't even know if this is good and like you know like you have to rest all the time like we walked like we walked from like one town to the other it was like maybe two minutes of travel maybe three minutes of travel and then the halfling who's in my party is like i'd like to rest now and i'm like we just started walking what are you talking about and like she has a little icon next to her name which is like she's exhausted and then you look at the screen and it's like oh minus two to armor class and minus three to save oh see this is what i'm talking about you're explaining it perfectly yes i'm just like fuck i uh like all this stuff is part of the things that go into making a good rpg but i want those things under the hood and i don't want to mess with them right like when i have a power I want it to be very clear about what it does. I want to be able to see what it does. And I want it to feel cool. I don't want this whole, like, like we picked up all these scrolls, right? I looked at my inventory after I cleared a dungeon. I had like 42 fucking scrolls and they're all like scroll of lesser shield. And I'm like, okay, what is this? One person can cast this and it's a plus one to armor class for the next three rounds. And I'm like, fuck off. Who cares about this stuff? It's so like granular. None of it feels good. None of it feels important. And I'm like, okay, if I ignore all that stuff, just sell it at the shop, and all I keep is like heal potions and sword, this is a pretty fun game. But like that part of that stuff is part of the game, right? I can't like ignore all that stuff. So I kinda like I kinda like it. I like the story, I like the characters, I like how I like the graphics. I think it's pretty good. But that aspect of it, like that um it even like shows the roles of your character. Like when you're doing yeah, sword swipe, right. it shows the dice on the screen, and yeah. I'm like I don't get into that side of it. And I feel like all it does is just give me busy work and cruft and stuff that I don't talk, that I don't care about. And I just like, none of it feels good. Like a plus one to a saving throw three times per turn doesn't mean anything to me. But if I swing that sword and I fucking destroy a guy and he explodes in a blood, that's awesome. Yeah. So like, I want the awesome stuff. I don't want the minutia, you know, it's for the people who want that. And I think that's, yeah, what, you know, exactly. it did it very, very well. So there you go. 
If you like Pathfinder and you like that D&D crunchiness, like, this is awesome. But, like, I, I like this game a lot, but I just don't like that part. And I don't think it's possible for me to separate those two things successfully. So I respect what it does. I think it's good, but I am not that guy. <laughs> wait, wait. So, we, yeah, I was just going to say because you said respect. Uh, Brad and I respectfully decline. <laughs> yes, I respectfully decline to play your game, although I do like what you did and I think it's good. So if there's any, like, D&D pen and paper tabletop people out there who like are into that yeah this you should check this out for sure and i think i got the complete edition for like 12 dollars. i mean that's like it's probably like 200 hours worth of game if you yeah, like this game it's crazy value it's crazy value so there you go pathfinder kingmaker i respect it but i i do not like half of it so okay there we go me too respectfully declined backing away backing away okay so that is basically the show just a quick reminder after the closing music if you want to hear my son uh whitaker give his review of paint the town red on xbox we will be here with that but otherwise that is it for the show uh any last bits and bobs from you carlos no i'm about to turn this air conditioner on we got to get this out of here all right we got to get out of here heads up shirts are available designed by humans.com yeah i'm wearing wearing, uh you can't see because it's a podcast but i'm wearing our shirt oh good i got my shirt too my shirt came in the mail which is uh, a good shirt it's a little bit long, which is weird because I got an extra large and I was thinking it would give me more shoulder room. And I feel like it was the same size as large, except for it was really long. Oh, interesting. So it's like it goes down to my beyond my waist. And I'm like, is that what a large is these days? Because I didn't just grow vertically. I kind of grew horizontally as well. But I'm not sure the shirt takes it into account. Wait, but you but got an extra is... large. I got a large and it fit pretty great. But so again, and then <sighs> bodies are bodies. Who knows what fits? I mean, that's weird because I got extra large. I'm like, I could have even gone extra, extra large. And I don't think I'm a big person. Like, I don't feel like I'm very large. So, I don't well, know. I don't know. All I know is that. Uh, Are you saying I'm fat, Carlos? Is that what this I, is about? You I, I'm fat? No, I'm right there you said with I'm you. said I'm fat. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You think I need to lose weight? Well, I, t- I can tell you how to do it because I need, I need to lose weight. So, <laughs> it's called caloric de- deficit. And I looked it up. Caloric deficit. It's it's actually, there's a whole math to it. I'm, I'm working on it. But, no. We're going to lose weight. We're going to lose weight. We're going to lose weight. But also. I have a large. It fits me pretty great um, right out the box. So, again, just different body types or whatever, but they're available. There's women's available. Yes, which is great. the link in the show notes. Designedbyhumans.com slash shop slash so video games. Check them out if you like. They are pretty cool shirts. Uh, all right. That is going to do it for this show. As always, send us your questions and comments. SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter as a show at SoVideoGames. But you can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? Uh, Instagram.com slash it's a lot of things. All right. As for me, same as usual, Instagram and Twitter. My name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And oh, also, before I forget, quick shout out to a fellow podcast, Gaming in the Wild. Uh, Good man, John, invited me on his show to talk about uh, the longing. Oh, of yeah, all I saw things. That. Yep, we talked about the longing. Got we did like a little spoiler section, had a good discussion about the longing. He runs a great show. So if you want to hear me talk about the longing in great detail, uh check it out. I believe it comes out uh probably the same time that this show comes out. So Gaming in the Wild Podcast is a great show. Say hello to John, tell him uh we sent you. Uh but that's gonna do it for us here, episode two four five. Thank you again for joining us here at the So Video Games Podcast, and we will see you next Friday. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And I'm baking over here in the heat from Carlos. Air conditioner on. Bye-bye. All right. We are here at the end of the show. This is the bonus content with my son, Whitaker, age 12, a video game reviewer in the making. Uh, and today we are going to be talking about Paint the Town Red. 
we were provided a code for the purpose of talking about it on this podcast, which we are doing right now. And I looked at this game. I didn't know much about it, but in just a few seconds after watching the trailer, I knew it was not for me. But it just so happens that my son uh, had played this game before with a friend. Uh, I think uh, on PC at some point, and he was already familiar with it. So I figured why not call in an expert to cover this game because I don't want to. Whitaker, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, it was a long walk from upstairs. How are you doing? Good. How about you? I'm doing fine. Okay, let's uh, cut the crap and get right to the review here. So paint the town red. In your own words, what is it all about? Well, it's consisting of a Minecraft-like art style, basically just beat 'em up game, where you have a variety of levels that you can battle different enemies in, and it is definitely not for young kids. Aren't you a young kid? No, not technically. I'm 12. Okay, so you're fine to see all the blood and gore and guts and stuff then? Yes, people explode a lot, so it's definitely not for, like, seven-year-olds. Yeah, I I agree there. So, okay, I don't know anything really about this game. Every time I look at this game, it seems like just kind of mindless um, running around. A lot of, like, violence, like people getting cut and heads getting chunked and red all over the place and different weapons. And it just looks like just random violence. I mean, is there a point to it, or is it just, like, beat everything up? Short answer, yes, you just beat people up, but there is a story mode called Beneath. I did not play it very much, but it consists of a dungeon crawler, ro- slash roguelike, where you go around trying to unlock different levels down in a dark cave with many enemies to fight. So in this one mode, I mean, I guess there's probably more than one mode, but in the, in this mode you go into it, and, I mean, like you said, roguelike, so maybe you just have one life and you, what, pick up random weapons along the way and try to get to the end of the dungeon. Is that about right? Yeah. Get get through the dungeon, get, get stuff like weapons, power-ups, and stuff like that. Beat up enemies in the same way you would in the regular scenarios and arena, and stuff like that. Alright, well, if you don't like that mode, I know you're not generally one for story modes. What mode do you like to play, and what do you like about it? Scenarios. The thing I like about scenarios is it gives you a very specific location consisting of the pirate cove, the saloon, the bar, the what was it? prison, and a few others to play in. And can you just choose those on your own? Is it like a creative kind of make your own match sort of a thing? Yes. It, you can choose modifiers, which they have added new ones in that brand new update that just came in that originally was just on PC. All right, so I guess my question to you, I mean, I know that uh, we are a family, I created you, and you are my son, but we have different tastes in gaming, despite the fact that we are a gaming family. So, like, when I watch this, I'm like, man, this looks like not fun, it looks just like random whacking stuff with bats and knives and guns, and it just, it just doesn't seem fun to me. I mean, I guess because maybe I'm more of a structured player, I like goals, I like working towards an ending. What is it about this game that you like to play? Because honestly, like when I look at it, it's just random violence. What do you like about it? I like the satisfaction of smacking one of the assholes with a baseball bat. Uh, I mean, so what makes him an asshole? Well, I mean, to be fair, they're trying to kill you. So, I mean, there's a good reason to kill them. So, so they're just acting like random video game enemies then? Yes. And uh, there's a variety of things you can do. A variety of swings, powers, and modifiers you can get. So... I guess just the long and the short of it is it just seems like your favorite thing to do is just grab a weapon and just start whacking dudes. Is that right? Yep. That is literally it. 
All right, cool. So, I mean, what do you think of it overall? Like, I, I know we've covered already that this is probably not appropriate for seven-year-olds. So if there's any seven-year-olds listening, please do not do not add this to your wish list. <laughs> but um, I guess, who would you recommend this to? Or like, if you were trying to, to sell this to somebody, like, what would you say is the best thing about it? Or what, what how would you recommend it? If anyone likes senseless violence or a good roguelike that's in a Minecraft-like art style, this is the game for you. Alright, cool. So do you think you're going to ever tackle that story mode, or do you think you're just going to keep on uh, beating up dudes in random scenarios? Well, I will give another shot at it. Uh, I played one a few weeks ago, and it seemed to be okay. I mean... Who doesn't like smashing zombies and getting power-ups in a cavern? It's pretty classic, so. Classic indeed. All right, Witty, thank you very much for speaking with us. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. All right, go back upstairs. Okay, see you later, guys.